0: right to be read podcast episode number 61 interview with sean de souza
1: you are listening to the right to be read podcast and this is your host Annie alexander
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast that inspires and encourages writers. I'm Anne Alexander, and before we start, I would like to remind you that the podcast is sponsored by the Author Marketing Institute. AMI wanted me to let you know that their next event for authors is coming up at the end of January. It's called Author Marketing Live, and it's a virtual conference. That means that you can attend from your home or office and see all the presentations via your computer or tablet. Grab a seat today to learn from best sellers like Steve Scott, Jalcom, Louis Hose and Peter Shankman and more. You can grab a ticket to the event for only $99 if you use the coupon code ANI during the checkout. Annie spelled A-N-I. That is $49 off the regular price. So just visit www.AuthorMarketingLive.com to register and using the coupon code ANNI save $49. Now let's get to today's show. Great writers understand that writing is like any other skill and is about science before it is art. Art is merely science at high speed. In this interview, Sean Souza talks about the science that is required to become a good writer and how you can turn that into magic. Hello, Sean. I'm really happy to have you on the show and welcome and thank you for taking the invitation and taking the time to come over.
1: Oh, it's a pleasure. It's always wonderful to speak to you.
0: Thank you. So, can we start from the very beginning and maybe you can tell your story and how it is linked to writers and writing?
1: The problem that I always had from the very start was just about writing. It was very, very difficult for me to write. And so, the reason I realized this was because I was a cartoonist. I started out as a cartoonist and I realized that The reason why I draw is not because of some inborn talent, but because I have been drawing my whole life. It's the same thing with speaking. Uh, When I speak to, say, someone like you on the phone, I don't have any problem. But the moment I got on stage, that's when I would forget stuff. And so I realized that a lot of it had to do with understanding the concepts of writing, and then practicing so that i didn't have to think about it the moment i have to think about something that's when it all falls apart and so what i started doing was using the same concepts that i learned as a cartoonist then writing every single day and i started writing 2 300 articles a year and today i can write i can write all day long with no problem just like i can draw or cook or do anything else so it's a, it's not to me, I don't believe in skill. I don't believe in inborn talent. I believe that there is a system, a structure, and there is practice. And of course, you have to find out what mistakes you're making because if you have too much of an ego, then you can't do anything. So that's, that's where I started. And um, yeah, I struggled a lot along the way.
0: Okay, so um, you believe that with working on your skill and with doing it every day and practicing it a lot, anyone can become a writer?
1: Absolutely. I, I don't just believe it. Uh, I prove it because people have said, you know, this person can write so much better than me. I This person can draw so much better than me. And I say, well, give me three months or six months and... I can promise you that not only will you write better than anybody else that you know of, but people will come up to you and say, are you a professional artist? Are you a professional writer? Because your skill will be up to that level. I realized this because my father had a secretarial institute when I was growing up. He used to teach people how to be, mostly women at that point in time, to be secretaries. Uh, At that point, yeah, at that point in time, we had a few blind people and they happened to be men i don't know why but they stood out because they were the few men that ever showed up there and they couldn't type so they couldn't they but eventually they turned out to be the best typists ever they would not make not a single mistake because what happened was they followed a system they worked out the the mistakes that they were making and it was very simple for them after 3 months to type at blinding speed no mistakes you would not say that a blind person could step up to a typewriter and make no mistakes i can prove to you that, that exa- that's exactly what happens and it's true for someone who goes blind as well if someone loses their sight they have no choice but to learn braille and it takes about 3 hours a day and 9 months in a year and at the end of it you learn braille it's that simple
0: Okay. Well, very interesting. So um, how did you come up with, uh, do you have a special system or are you customizing things to every single person who's coming to learn? I mean, how, how does it work with you? you? You came up with a system which was based on your own experiences or um, what happened? Well,
1: writing is like any other skill. There are components to it, but there are also applications. So when you look at writing, as say um, writing for say a newspaper, say you're in you know an editor or a, a reporter, that's a totally different skill. If you have to write for a Yellow Pages ad, that's a totally different skill. Any every different application requires you to understand that application writing for radio is different from writing for TV writing for you know movie scripts they're all writers but there you have to understand the application if you write for radio like you're writing for TV it just doesn't work i mean there are overlap mm-hmm. yeah there there is an overlap but it doesn't work and so that's the first thing you have to understand the application without that application it won't work but the second thing is the structure. And every everything will have its own structure. So when you're writing a book, like if you're writing a book that is uh fiction, it's going to be totally different from nonfiction. And people say, Well, I know that. Yes, they do, but have you ever taken a book like a business book together, you know, a really good business book, and then broken up in broken it up into pieces and seen what are the components? So what I did was I didn't know how to write copy, as in I didn't know how to write sales copy, and I didn't know how to draw something, or I didn't know how to uh, write an article. And so I I decided to look at the work of people that were very good, not just the average person, because the average person does junk, but I started to look at people who are very good. And the reason I started to do that was I was once with a a girl on a dance floor and I asked her to dance and she said, I don't dance very well. And I said, uh but it doesn't matter. And she says, how can that be that it doesn't matter? And I said, well, because when you're sitting here on the edge of the dance floor, who are you looking at? And she says, I'm looking at the good dancers. I said, well, no one's going to look at you then in that case, right? It's, so <laughs> so, so, so that's, that's your choice. You know, that, that's, when you're a writer that's just starting out in life, no one's going to bother with you. You can make all the mistakes, but you have to figure out who are the great writers. And you have to figure out what structure they're using. And when you do that, then you have to figure out what is the application. And when you go through these steps, what you end up doing is becoming a great writer. Now, there are other other things that are involved in writing as well. We can talk about it. But at the very core, you have to know what are the components. It's like a dish. You have to know what are the ingredients that go into that dish. Without that, you're just second-guessing. You're just sitting down there, expecting words to come out, and they will, but they're all, they're not good enough.
0: Mm -hmm, I see. Well, as you mentioned, different applications have um, different styles of writing, and you have to learn different elements to that. So do you believe that there can be people who can learn everything and be equally good bloggers as uh, script writers, as fiction writers and non-fiction writers at the same time? Or you think that, you know, uh, they should pick one and really dig into that?
1: I think they can be pretty good at some and not so good at others. See, here's the thing with with pretty much anything you have to practice. And You know, I've been doing podcasts recently because of my new podcast, uh, and the thing is that every day I'm playing with the program, and every day I learn a new shortcut, and that increases my speed just by three seconds or just by five seconds every time. Now, if I keep working on those programs, I learn how to use those programs better, and it's just a matter of time because because after a while, I'm flying through those programs doing exactly what everybody else is doing, but I'm doing it in half the time. So you get very mm-hmm. good at spotting. The, see, the brain is really a pattern recognition system. What it's really doing is it's it's processing stuff, but first it's recognizing stuff. So when you are sitting in a room and you stand up and someone puts a chair in your way, you know, As a one-year-old, you didn't know any better. You'd go straight and hit, hit that chair. But as you grew up, you knew that chair was an obstacle and you have to go around the chair because if you don't go around the chair, then you're in trouble. So that's the same thing with writing. If you're going to be writing fiction all day, you're going to, if you're going to be reading fiction all day, you're going to be writing fiction all day, you are going to become a pattern recognition device, as it were. That's what your brain is going to do. And it's going to be able to write better fiction. Can you do three, four different things at a time? Of course, but it comes at a price. Now, the only way you can do two, three, four things at a time is if you have more time. And there are ways to do that as well.
0: Yeah, I understand. Why I'm asking is because very often, let's say, especially for writers, you end up... um, always coming up with with the idea that one has to build his platform. And usually many of the writers build their platform through blogging, or now even podcasting. And it's you so at least they have to come up with different styles of of writing apart from from what they are doing uh, on on the daily basis, right?
1: Yes, they have to but i mean it's a choice you 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 choose what you want to do
0: yeah and um what about Many people usually uh have in the very beginning writers' doubts and they lack self-confidence, and in the very beginning things are not perfect, of course, so they kind of um, are not very happy with the results. Uh, how are you dealing with that emotional part uh, that writers are dealing with? Uh,
1: one of the biggest problems that writers have and almost every single writer has is that the they are they edit thrice or four times as much as they write. So they will write, they'll edit, they write, they edit, they write, they edit. And the reason for that is because they do not have that as a, uh, what do you call as, th- they have to think of things. So right now we're having a conversation and you're speaking in a language and I'm speaking in a language and we're not editing as we go. We're not going back and saying, oh no, 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 I shouldn't have used that word. I should have used this word. <laughs> if yeah. I were to speak, change languages. If I were to speak Japanese now or Spanish, which I know a bit of, I have to think about what I'm going to say. And now I'm editing. And then I have to go, no, no, that's not what I meant. This is what I meant. And I have to keep editing. And this is the same thing with writers. The reason why they are struggling so much is because they are editing all the time. And when you edit more than you write, your confidence is going to be terrible because that's just how it is. I mean, if I were to go back and change every single word that I'm saying, after a while, I don't even know where I started. And at the end of the day, I finished half of my piece or three fourth, but I haven't finished writing what I needed to write. So supposing I wanted to write a chapter on something, I didn't finish that. And as a result, I have one more unfinished piece and then tomorrow another unfinished piece and the third day another unfinished piece. And so my confidence is terrible. But the difference between an adult writer and a kid is that the kids don't understand that they have to finish anything. To them, if they do just 50%, it's good. If they do 70%, it's good. If they do 100%, it's good. And if you want to have any kind of confidence, then what you have to do is not set a deadline for the number of words you're going to write. It's a deadline for how much time you're going to sit and write every day. So you say, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to write for half an hour. And I'm not going to edit, I'm just going to write. Now, when you do that, you get to the point where you are uh, very good at writing, say, X number of words, which you end up writing in, say, half an hour. And then you stop, and then you do it the next day. Now, I know this sounds pretty bizarre because most people say, but what kind of results am I going to get? The point is that this is how a language is learned. You don't learn a language by speaking fluently the first day. And so the way kids learn a language is totally different from how adults learn a language. And the reason why adults take so much time to learn a language is because they don't, they don't pay attention to how kids learn. It's not that kids are smarter than adults. Adults are just as smart as kids. And uh, while when you're very young, you have what are called early learning skills, Uh, by the time you're five or seven, you're pretty much, you know, you have the same kind of learning skill for a, a language as, say, an adult has. But the difference is just this. The difference is that an adult seeks the result. Kids don't seek results. They just seek work. They just seek to do the task. And if you just do the task every day for half an hour, you will get better. You and your confidence will get better. But confidence is a fleeting thing. You know. I mean, you can write. I've written so many books right now um, since we started in two thousand two. So many courses and stuff. Uh, you still need someone to look at the book and say, "Wow, this is good," or "That needs to be fixed." um uh, as late as last um, this year early this year um, i had to rewrite an entire book because i've now started writing books with a certain structure that people are comfortable with they like it and a client told me i don't like this i don't you haven't followed any of the structure so i had to rewrite the book now the thing is that if you follow that structure eventually if you if you say i'm going to do it this way and I'm going to spend so much time every day, you do it. And you get it done, and everyone likes it, and you're happy. And that's where the confidence comes from. But confidence is this fleeting thing. So you can't depend on, you cannot depend on just getting there and completing stuff. And a lot of the advice that's given on the internet is just rubbish.
0: Yeah, well, that, that's the problem uh, right now, because there is so much information. And newbie writers especially kind of get overwhelmed from the very beginning, because they end up getting too many advices. And most of them are contradicting each other. And it's very difficult to kind of select the ones which will work for you, or the ones which are valid. So um, what would you advise in those cases, uh, what they should be looking for?
1: Well, the first thing that you have to look for is that anyone that promises you, you can write 18 books in 18 weeks or something like that, you should completely avoid that. Now, I know that a lot of people are trying to write for Kindle and they go, oh, if we have more books, you get more profits and this happens and that happens. But you know something you you can't go into something, uh, into a different country and expect to speak the language and learn the culture and understand everything in a short period of time. So the first thing you have to do is you have to set yourself um, some space, as it were. So if I were going to write on Kindle tomorrow, I would say, well, it's not just about me writing. It's about the whole process, because the confidence doesn't just get killed with writing. The confidence also gets killed with you can write the book, but then there is no one to buy it. And so you have to go through this whole step by step by step method where you go, My book is going to show up on the shelves on, I don't know, next year in June, and say this is December. Now, what you've done is given yourself that space. And now you work backwards from that. You go, Okay, I'm going to sit for half an hour every day and write something. And that way, that's all you're going to do. You're only ever going to spend half an hour every day writing, but you have to do it five days a week. You can take the weekend off, but five days a week, you have to do it. If you don't mm-hmm. do that, it doesn't. I mean, we have the article writing course, and the article writing course has been running since 2006. And essentially, you know, it gets filled up in sometimes 20 minutes, sometimes one hour. It's not cheap. It's over $3,000. But the reason why people write is because it's called the toughest writing course in the world. And what we do is we get people to write one article every day, five days a week. Now, Mm -hmm. obviously, I'm there every day, and I show them the structure, and I pull out their mistakes, and they don't get a lot of sleep in three months. But the point is that if yeah if you want to do the same thing by yourself it's going to take you 9 months.
0: Mhm. Yeah, I see. Yeah, interesting. Well, I also truly um, believe in practice and writing every day because I myself have uh, noticed it that, you know, whenever I'm in the pace, um, each next day, I kind of, you know, I'm more confident and it flows easier and I write more and, and maybe even better. But um, what do you think about the following? Um, when you're practicing and when you're learning a specific um, ep- discipline of writing, uh, does it take the same amount of time for everyone? Or, you know, some people learn it faster? I mean, is there any um, modification to timings? Or there is like, this well, these 10,000 hours of writing, which many people are talking about? <laughs> the
1: the, t- the 10,000 hours is, is interesting. <laughs> and it is interesting for a simple reason. 10,000 hours is when you're practicing by yourself, okay? So, you you can become an exceedingly good writer or a good artist or a good chef or whatever in 10,000 hours. You can do that. The point is that the 10,000 hour rule is based on you just practicing by yourself. So, for instance, I'm a very good cartoonist, but I started many, many years ago. I was just happy to draw. People would say, hey, you draw really well. And so I became very good at it. Now, I was—I have not spent 10,000 hours as a speaker. I probably spent, I don't know, 300 hours, maybe less than that. And if you see me on stage, you say, wow, you've been speaking forever. But the difference is, is not 10,000 hours. The difference is knowing what mistakes you're making. So a pilot, for instance, doesn't fly a plane after 10,000 hours. A pilot requires X number of hours, and I don't know, you can look it up, but I think it's fewer than a few hundred hours. And they can fly a plane. Now, maybe they can't fly a jetliner because there's more uh, safety issues at stake, but technically they can fly it. They're not allowed to, but technically they can fly it. And the reason why pilots can fly a plane is because they're taught the mistakes. So they put on a machine... And the machine, you know, the, the, the instructor throws the machine into a loop, which is, I, I can't forget, I can't remember what the machine is called now. It's called a simulator, yeah. So the simulator, you know, the, the plane is, has lost its hydraulics or it has lost, um, I don't know, it has been struck, not struck by lightning. They, they do find it lightning, but there has been some emergency on the plane. And now the pilot has to, is losing, you know, the the plane is losing height and he has to figure out how to pull that plane out of that, that problem. And that's the way pilots learn. They, they learn from mistakes. They understand the mistakes. They share mistakes. They uh, fix the mistakes. And that is what talent is all about. When you reduce the mistakes, you become talented. So when you started to drive a car, you were hopeless at it because you made a lot of mistakes. When you, Reduce the mistakes, you become talented. It's very, very simple. The reason why we take 10,000 hours is because we don't know what mistakes we're making. And so we go down the line and then, you know, two years from now, we suddenly figure out, oh, that was the mistake I was making. Or someone says, oh, that's the mistake you're making. And then you have to figure out, how do I solve this mistake? So there is a lot of back and forth, you know, just time wasted along the way. And this is as an adult. Now, as a kid, you have enormous amounts of time. So supposing you're in university, you have enormous amounts of time to just fiddle around for seven hours with some computer program or some artwork or some book. When you're an adult, you've got half an hour, one hour. That's it. That's all the extra time you can probably wring out from the day. So now the chances of you making mistakes, figuring out the mistakes, and fixing the mistakes, that's, that's like, that's impossible. So that's why it's going to take you until, I don't know, twenty thirty before you become a good writer. But if you figure out the mistakes and have someone help you fix those mistakes, yep, next year you're good.
0: Yeah, I understand. It, it, it's very interesting that you brought up the time issue because the biggest challenge that many people are telling me they are facing is that they don't have time. But, uh, you know, I usually argue back because I know people who've been writing and completing books by just writing one hour every day. And I think that that hour you can always kind of find even if you just wake up an hour earlier than usual. So it's not something impossible. So you you too believe that one hour a day is sufficient if that's the maximum amount of time they can come up with during the day?
1: I don't believe that people have one hour a day because I see people on the article writing course and they put in three hours a day. They put in two hours a day. They put in three hours a day. They run their businesses too. They are very busy. They have jobs. Um, But they have signed up for this course. They've spent their money and they know they have to do it. They have to get to the end. So they don't get a lot of sleep, but they put it for those three three months that they have to spend. And I think that if you are serious about something, then you have to decide. I'm going to put in one hour a day and take nine months, or I put in three hours a day and get there in three months. The thing is that you shouldn't be putting all the three hours together because it's very exhausting. The second thing is that most writers sit down at their computer and write. Big mistake. Your writing should all be done with a pen and with a paper, at a cafe, not at your computer, not with your cell phone, not with any internet connection. You should be the, the, the biggest time waster of anything. It's not just writing, it's of drawing, it's of any presentations, everything is outlining. When you go to a big Hollywood studio, say they're making a big animation film, it's gonna cost $200 million, what do they do? No one goes to their computer. Only uh, an amateur goes to their computer. They go and they sit down. They brainstorm. They, they draw sketches. They draw the outline. They do storyboards. They do everything which is planning in advance. Then they write. And the amateurs, what they do is they go and sit at their computer. And they expect that thing. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't work.
0: And they're looking for a Wi-Fi. <laughs>
1: right. Yeah. You should, you, yeah. Should, you should understand outlining. And most people... In school, we're taught to outline and they don't like the concept of outlining. Call it whatever you want. The point is, this is preparation. This is like going to the supermarket without a list. You get to the supermarket, you end up buying anything. Then you come back, you realize, oh, I didn't get the stuff I wanted. Well, that's exactly the same yeah. in writing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree.
1: You have to have your ideas. and your Right now, I'm writing a book on pricing. And I haven't written a single word, but I've spent about five hours already uh, with sheets of paper outlining, this is what this chapter is going to look like. These are the elements. And so I know how I I structure my books. And so I know what elements need to go in, but I'm expanding it. It's all on paper. It's just in mind maps. It's just in notes. Uh, Nothing is on the computer yet. And nothing will be on the computer for, for another month. So that's it.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's the uh, I mean, it's like the foundation for everything. And if you put it right, and if you put it detailed enough, then the writing itself becomes much easier, and more structured and better. Because if you just sit there straight away out of the bloom, you may Kind of write ten, twenty pages, but then at some point you will get stuck and won't be able to continue.
1: Yeah. Um, besides that, it's a huge waste of time because you what you're doing is you're thinking and then you're writing and then you're you you know you're spending a lot of time editing. Now already you're not a skilled writer. Already you're going to edit more than you're going to write. So what you're doing is you are now in what I call an energy loop. And energy is not a factor of tiredness. It's it's not a factor of skill. It's not a factor of anything. It's just that it's so frustrating to have to go through the exercise that even though you have time, you don't want to do it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see.
1: Th- that That's the whole point. So, so unless you get yourself up to a level where you are ready to go and the writing just becomes an execution. Like lots of people say, I don't know how to cook. They... It's not that you need to learn how to cook. I mean, most cooking is actually quite simple. You know, the the cooking part of, say, any... any food is just put it in the oven just put it in the pot what's the hard part the hard part is the preparation go get the ingredients chop the ingredients you know put them in a certain sequence the cooking part which most people say i can't cook well n- you're not really cooking anything the the pot cooks the food by itself so the, it's it's the preparation that matters
0: yeah exactly so um what would you advise the newbie writers let's say the the ones um uh, most of them who we know are usually doing what you already said, we were not supposed to do it was like, you know, um, whenever they have this one hour or half an hour or whatever time they have, they, they open the computer, sit down and start typing some words. So um, now that there is an easier or more effective way of doing things, let's say someone is just, you know, planning to start writing a book, doesn't really matter too much whether it's fiction or nonfiction. But what should his first, most important preparation to steps be?
1: The first thing is you have to read good stuff. You have to, most people think that you can write good stuff. No, input is equal to output. So unless you're reading every day, so the first step to writing is reading. You have to pick up some good books and and read them. The second thing you have to do is deconstruct those books. What is really happening? Why is it that this person takes me from this chapter to that chapter and it happens, I mean, I can't put the book down. So first thing is read the book. Second thing is, is deconstruct the book. And the third thing, if you want to do, is to practice almost copying that person's style. Now, you might say, well, that's not a good idea because I end up like that person. Yes. But this is the way artists learn. This is the way uh, we learn how to speak with an accent. What we do is we copy one person, then we copy a second person, then we copy a third person, then we copy a fourth person, and then we get a mix of all those four people, and that's called style. That's all there is to style. So the critical thing is get to reading. You have to set aside more time for reading. Then you need to deconstruct then you need to reconstruct. And if you continuously do this, you will find that your work is getting better. Now, I'll give you an example. My wife uh, never drew cartoons. Uh, in fact, she, if you ask her to draw something, she would draw a smiley face. Mm-hmm. If you look at her, her book, her Facebook, she's been drawing for a couple of years now. And just for an hour or so, every day because she's been part of a cartooning course and if you look at her work now it looks like an animator's work in two years and she doesn't do it all the time on vacations we go on a three-month vacation every year um as in three months off every year and she won't draw during that time. And, you know, other days when she just doesn't feel like it, you know, I'm a maniac. I'll probably do it every day. <laughs> but she, she'll probably take a third or a fourth or a fifth of the year off just not doing anything. But I told her this yesterday. I said, if you take that book and you sketch every day 10, 20 drawings, by the end of the year, you will be better than me. And I've been drawing for 30 years.
0: Oh, but that's a motivation. Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, but that's true. It's true. If, if you really want to be good at what you do, then you have to step off the nonsense that you're reading on the Internet, which is, you know, this is how you make money. This is how you do stuff. No, y- what you have to do is you have to understand why people enjoy the work of Michelangelo or why they enjoy a good wine this is all magic. And magic is different from run-of-the-mill stuff. A lot of stuff that's available on Kindle is average. Oh, it gives you information. Sure. Technically speaking, they've just put the information together. You know, it's okay. There's nothing great. There's no magic there. Magic is when someone buys your stuff and they cannot put it down. And they go, wow, this is amazing. So whether you're writing or making a podcast or drawing unless you can get a wow from people because that's you will get that wow you just have to you it's not just about practice as i said there are elements that you have to put in place and then it works
0: yeah and then it's uh, you know uh, once you get to that level then uh, you won't really worry about what people are advising on internet you won't worry about the competition and how many Books are out there on Kindle, or how many podcasts there are on iTunes, because uh, on that level, that all that doesn't matter anymore.
1: Well, I worry about it from a very from a feedback point of view. So, some of our best stuff has come because um, we like people to criticize our work. Um, everyone that criticizes our work has improved it in some way or the other. And I've always been wrong um, when we when I first started. Um, writing. I had a girl named Claire, and Claire would just tear apart my work. I mean, after she edited my work, I couldn't recognize my own work. Um, This was going back maybe 15 years. And then I had another friend of mine, and he was in the US when I first started writing, and he would, you know, I would send him the, the the article and he would come back with, I don't know how many edits, uh, changes, and you should fix this and you should fix that. And I would go, no, 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 I have to publish this article. And he would go, no, no, you have to fix this stuff. So it takes a, it takes a while to get there. And uh, the other day I went back and looked at some of the stuff I had written two, three years ago, and I was horrified. I mean, you would never think that that. Your work would improve so much once you reach, reach a certain level. But if you're constantly getting feedback, and you're actually implementing that feedback, because a lot of people there, it goes to the head. You know, they go, "Oh, I get mm-hmm. 200 emails a day. I I earn so much a year. I sell so many books." They're not into magic. Mm-hmm. My, my deal is my deal is magic. I don't care about money. Money is money is good. It fuels your engine, but magic is where things are and when you when you create magic you know everyone knows that's that's what the Mona Lisa is about it's not about money it's there are there are bigger paintings in the Louvre much bigger paintings much fancier paintings it's magic that's that's the difference
0: okay I see well uh thank you very much for the nice interview I'm um really happy that We spoke and the interesting thing is you are from the very few people who actually uh, while uh, um, sharing the advice with the writers mentioned reading very few did that i mean i did already over 55 interviews up to now and maybe two or three people mentioned reading among the other things so i thank you for that because i i truly believe that writers i mean people in general uh, all of them uh, and especially writers should read and they should read a lot so thank you for that advice in particular because <laughs> that was the one which we were getting uh, not enough i think yep. okay well thank you very much much. Have a nice day and uh, keep on doing the great work you're doing. Thank you. Well, that was it for today. A reminder once again, as I already told in the beginning, the Author Marketing Live is a virtual conference which will take place at the end of January. You can grab a ticket to the event for only $99 if you use the coupon code ANIANI A-N-I, during checkout. That's $49 off the regular ticket price. Just visit www.AuthorMarketingLive.com to register. Well, thank you for listening to the podcast. I truly appreciate your support. Please subscribe to the Right to be Right podcast on iTunes and make sure you don't miss an episode. Keep writing, create your stories and share them with the world.